Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about how the world is falling apart and sometimes about how to put it together, but today mostly about the people who are accelerating the falling apart. Garrison's with me, Shireen's with me. We are talking today about... The Merchant of Death, the Lord of War, Victor Boot. Uh, so we should probably start off by talking about why we're talking about Victor Boot. Uh, Victor Boot's always an interesting topic of conversation, but he's come up recently because he's one of the people who has been proposed to be exchanged for two U.S. citizens who are being held by Russia, uh, one being Brittany Griner, and one being Paul Whelan. So I'm guessing folks are pretty familiar with the Brittany Griner situation. If if not, what's the what's the uh, uh, TLDR on that? Yeah, TLDR is Brittany Griner is a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Uh, she's a basketball player, and she often plays off-season basketball in Russia, which tells you a lot about uh, disparities in wages between men and women in professional sport. 
And unfortunately, when she was traveling to Russia, I guess she had a weed vape cartridge in her bag. And so she was arrested and accused of drug smuggling. And oh, God. Yeah. Which, it, uh, uh, yeah. It, like, it's as you, as, as we go through this, it will become very clear that I don't think it's controversial to say that the Russian state engages in hostage taking, right? It, it, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think that's like a controversial statement. They, they, this lady is not drug smuggling. It, yeah. Uh, I too would probably want to take drugs if I had to spend my off seasons in Russia. But like, uh, it's so transparent what they're doing. It's like, they don't even attempt to not, it's just, yeah, it's, they're not being sneaky about it. They're very clearly being like, we're taking this person hostage. Yeah. And we will hold this person hostage until you give us the person that we want back. Right. Like, and even, uh, so there was a previous guy, um, he was a Marine held by Russia. So there's Paul Whelan is the other guy, right? Uh, Paul Whelan was a Marine. He had a, he didn't have a dishonorable discharge. Uh, he had what's called, uh, I think an other than honorable discharge. Um, he was doing a couple of things. He was embezzling shit from the United States government, uh, which is pretty based. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should all be so lucky. Um, and he was also writing bad checks. His checks were bouncing. Uh, so he, he got booted from the Marine Corps for that and was doing some kind of private security work, it seemed like. So he was arrested in Russia in 2019. Another former Marine uh, called Trevor Reed was arrested. And his case is just almost comic. Like, well, it's not comic, but the, the guy was driving with his girlfriend at the time. They've been on a big night out. They're in a car. He got drunk, got belligerent, started getting fighty. Uh, and they pulled over and some of his mates were like, look, if you don't calm down, we're going to have to call the police. Like, you keep fighting with us. They called the police. The police were like, right, we'll take you in, you'll sleep it off, we'll deal with you in the mornings, kick you out. And then at some point the next morning, the FSB turned up, uh, which is like the inheritor of the legacy of the KGB, and were like, oh, Trevor, why did you attack the cops last night? Why, why did you do that? Why, why would you assault the police, the Russian police? And he was like, what are you talking about, bro? And uh, they were like, yeah, you're going to jail. You're a spy. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So they, the U.S. government, Biden, under Biden, swapped him out, uh, and the two who are left. Well, there, there are other people left, obviously. But uh, Wait, who Wheeler, was swapped out for for the other guy? Trevor Reed. Uh, I'm not sure who was traded uh, for Trevor Reed. I should look it up real quick. It's I the most like weird. I mean, it, nothing is too strange at this point. But like when you really think about it, these countries like trading people. <laughs> Yes, it's so strange to me. Yeah, he was uh, he was uh, he was uh, traded out for someone who was in here on drug trafficking charges, I guess. Oh. Um. So they they switch out Reed, right? But Reed and, and Whelan have become close in their captivity, and, and Reed's been a big advocate for having Whelan released. Uh, Whelan's kind of yeah. You're taking the piss if you think Brittany Griner's a drug trafficker, but Whelan does have like five different nationalities. Uh, I think uh, he's he's got American, he's got Canadian, he might only have four. I think he's got British and Irish. Um, so he's a former service member in the United States. And like this guy was broke, right? He was he was bouncing checks. As we'll learn in this episode, um, one of the things intelligence agencies tend to like is people who are bouncing checks. 
like those of those people are easy to recruit right like if you're if you're if you're trying to buy shit that you can't afford uh you might be easier to recruit if you uh if they offer you money right so uh it's i'm not saying he's a spy i've got no idea whatsoever i've got no unique insight into that but uh i am saying that like his case is a little bit more interesting so the United States has proposed trading Victor Boot for both Griner and Whelan. That was kind of doing the rumor wheel for a while, but a Russian source confirmed it last weekend. So uh, that's why we want to talk about uh, Victor Boot today. It's spelled B-O-U-T, by the way, if anyone's looking it up. If people are familiar with uh, Victor Boot at all, it will be probably from the Nicolas Cage film, Lord of War. Uh, have you seen that, either of you? I have not. No. I subjected Chris to it. Uh, now Chris can't make the podcast, so uh, that's good. We'll be Nicolas Cage free in this episode. No. <laughs> uh, it is a pretty epic film. It's a good Wait, film. Wait, does Nicolas Cage play Boots? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. No. In a, uh, like, I need to see that. I yeah. need to see that. Uh, yeah. I wish... Yeah, I wish I could share with you just the scene where like, it's, he just turns to the camera and says something like there's... Uh, there's 550 million guns in the world. That's one for every 12 people. And my only question is, how do we arm the other 11? Uh, but at some oh. point, he like just puffs on a fat cigar in the middle of that. Does he have an accent? No, he doesn't do a Russian accent, actually. <laughs> that's disappointing. Uh, allegedly, that's a real quote uh, from, from Victor Boot, by the way. Uh, well, if you can find a clip, we can slice it in. Yeah, I can find a clip. I got one, uh, I got one lined up on my computer. I will... Uh, Send it to our, our fair editors. There are over 550 million firearms in worldwide circulation. That's one firearm for every 12 people on the planet. The only question is, how do we arm the other 11? It's great. It's classic Nicolas Cage. He can't do anything wrong. In so, the f- so true. Yeah. yeah. Ghost, Ghost Rider never happened. i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) does does not matter nope it's been erased from my memory so aside from uh nicholas cage's excellent betrayal the film isn't shockingly isn't that accurate uh notably he didn't actually grow up in brighton beach old victor um he grew up in dushanbe in uh that's uh it was in the Tajik province of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, right? Now it's in Tajikistan, it's the capital. Uh, and we know, oh, well, there's a lot of stories about this guy. It's very hard to confirm which of them is true. Uh, there are, he's clearly told as many background stories as he's met new groups of people when he's moved around the world. Um, as, his mum is on the scene. Uh, so we do know that his mother is still alive. I think she's 85. Uh, she will occasionally pop up in the Russian press uh, and ask Joe Biden to let her poor innocent son go, um, which is very amusing. His dad, we know, was a car mechanic. Uh, so he's not like a child of privilege, particularly. Uh, but at some point, he seems to have joined the Soviet military, probably the Air Force, and he trained at their military academy of languages and um, and this guy's capacity for language is insane. Like he can go down the shops in like fifteen different languages. He can speak fluently in half a dozen. Uh, he he can you know order a sandwich in like twenty languages. Um, yeah, he, I want that power. 
Yep, don't we all? It it seems to be like um, these people who like thrive uh, in in like non-state activities and crime and stuff like do seem to like having a capacity for language seems to be a massive benefit in that world. And you hear about it quite a lot. Um, later on, when he's in prison in Thailand, he learns Sanskrit. Um, he doesn't bother to learn Thai. Like, he doesn't want people to think they can understand what he's saying. <laughs> but So he's like, uh, fuck it, I'll learn Sanskrit while I'm here. Like, I'm running out of options. Uh, so, yeah, he's got this amazing capacity for language, which probably ends up with him being a spook. Uh, it's not we, like, we, it's not cast iron that he worked for the KGB, but it seems that way. We know that he was bouncing around in Angola. Uh, as part of the civil war there. So um, it's it's unlikely that he was a pay clerk or like the, the guy who changed the tires on the aeroplanes. Uh, they, they didn't send him to Angola. Um, and when the Soviet Union collapses, uh, Victor is in Angola, right? Or at least he gets to Angola pretty quickly. Uh, not, I think, because it's the place he wanted to be, but because it was one of the places that had the least regulations on civilian use of military aircraft. Uh, so this is where he goes from KGB dude who speaks a lot of languages to beginning to be this, this international arms dealing sort of uh, god. Uh, and he does that by buying these Antonov planes. Uh, people might not be familiar with Antonov. It's just a giant plane. It's a huge cargo plane. Uh, obviously a little bit outdated now, but you'll still see them. But um, this is like the Russian big hauler right it carries a lot of stuff to a lot of places and by getting those and having absolutely zero morals he launches his career and like he's not just selling weapons certainly to start with he's um american people don't get this like we have this british stereotype of like the wheeler dealer um as epitomized by like del boy in the tv series called only fools and horses but he's like a market trader He'll buy whatever he thinks he can score cheap and take it wherever he thinks he can sell it expensive, right? So he's moving like frozen chicken at one point. He's moving flowers from South Africa. And like throughout his career as this massive international arms dealer, he'll just be like, oh, chicken over there is super cheap, right? Let's move that chicken over here. We can make a killing. Like uh, he doesn't, I think like we should stress that he's not like a guy who's obsessed with uh, with like guns and weapons and killing people, I don't think. I think he's a guy who has absolutely zero morals and is just like, well, there's a high profit margin on guns, so that's what I'll move. But I don't think it's like... There's, there seems to be no moral angle to his his existence. Um, like, very quickly after doing that, he's selling weapons into Democratic Republic of Congo. He's selling into Liberia in the conflict there, Sierra Leone. Uh, Rwanda after the genocide he's there right um, but he's also like transporting French troops to Rwanda uh, later he will be doing contracts for the United States government for the British government for most of the Western governments that participate in the, the forever war right and um, it's very funny actually like during the phase when the United States is looking for him which is a bit later when he becomes like a wanted man uh, he keeps doing these different shell companies, right, to avoid things like sanctions. And the way that he, uh, the way that the United States Department of Justice publishes their list, there'll be every year or six months, they'll be like, right, uh, 
no one can do business with these companies. They're bad. They're connected to arms dealing. And then the United States Department of Defense will go down its list of people it does business with and be like, oh, shit, there's like six of them who we, we're like integrally relying on. And then he'll just change the name. And so it's fine because they change the name. And, and then there's like there, it's like Tom and Jerry or Whack-A-Mole. You know, he keeps popping up with these new companies. Uh, so he sort of really gets this massive boost uh, around 2001, right, uh, with 9-11. So 9-11 is a big win for him. Uh, it's his yeah, uh, well uh, that's the episode everybody yep yeah that's, that's the soundbite that's the soundbite yeah so he's super tight with um ahmed shah masood people are familiar presumably with the, what we call the northern alliance right um the uh the people in afghanistan who the united states backed to fight the taliban uh he'd been selling weapons to masood for a while uh, and he he seems to actually like genuinely be friendly with Masood. Like he talks about him, and we'll get on to how we know him talking about him in a little bit. But he talks about him very fondly. He he's he's a big Masood guy. Um, so he claims he doesn't trade with the Taliban, uh, and he he holds this claim up for a long ass time until a crew, his plane and crew, are held by the Taliban. Uh, at an airport in Afghanistan, which, like, how did they get there, Victor? Um, there's two really, like, there's two stories about how they escape. The one story is that, like, the Taliban require them to maintain this plane every so often because they want to be able to use the plane, right? So um, these these Russian guys or these these contractors for Victor are, uh, for boot are doing maintenance on the plane. And then they, like in sort of like a Michael Caine movie style, like cosh their guards over the head, jumpstart the plane and just pin it to the end of the runway, take off and fly to freedom. And that's the narrative that was like popular until Victor Boot was like, nah, like I know all those people. I just called and was like, do you want to do business with Victor Boot or do you want to hold this plane hostage? Cause it's one or the other and you're fucked without me. And see, yeah, it's a shame. I like, I like story one better. I like story two. Story yeah, like, two is objectively, in my opinion, a little bit more badass on his part. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, that's the power he has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think when this this guy clicks his fingers, the world uh, the world listens. Like, I certainly did until he was in prison learning Sanskrit. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you're the pilot, there's there was an interview I found on YouTube with one of his pilots as well. Where he's like, "Yeah, man, you can't do that for very long." He's like, "We're constantly landing. Like, we're being shot at when we're landing. We're being shot at when we're taking off. Like, we get on the ground and just like yeet everything out the back and then just take off again. And like, we make a ton of money because no one else is prepared to do that. But it probably isn't great for your long term well being. Um. So he's by like this sort of peak of his career in the early 2000s he's got hundreds of employees he's got 60 aircraft um and he's moved his operation to Sharjah um which is a very sort of conservative emirate uh, it's a twister one of the dry emirates right uh but it has what's called a free trade zone uh so on, on top of all his other shit he's also not paying uh, import export taxes um so he's based there, which seems to allow him to operate pretty much without impunity. He's moving a ton of small arms from Ukraine. So at the end of the Soviet Union, Ukraine makes a big thing of being like, we're returning our nuclear weapons, right? People will be familiar with this. Like they don't want their nukes anymore. Um, 
but they also amass just an incredible amount of small arms, right? So that's uh, like guns, bombs, grenades, uh, things like that, right? Machine guns. And because a bunch of, of the what was the Soviet military small arms are stored in Ukraine, that becomes like the nexus for the black market. Um, we think that Boot is ethnically Ukrainian, and he certainly seems to have just been shoveling weapons out of Ukraine to conflicts in largely in Africa, right? Like if there's a civil war that you know about in Africa or one that you don't know about, probably both sides were using his weapons. Like that, that's a that's a fair assumption to make. And by the late 90s, early 2000s, he's selling everywhere um, and using his business to launder money for other legal activities. And he was he was linked to the Gaddafi regime. He was also selling to rebels in Libya. Um, so it, it's a huge operation. He's the go-to guy for uh, weapons, right? And he sort of comes... They, they Interpol go after him in 2002, uh, like there's a Belgian warrant for him, but Belgium ends up having to drop their case because it's unclear where he lives. So they can't be like, yeah, he's a resident here. He's a Belgian resident because Interpol are like, no, this this guy keeps moving around. Like, he, you, it's not clear if you have jurisdiction. Um, Central African Republic also, I think, had a warrant out for him, but um, they haven't, I guess, been successful uh, in, in serving that warrant. Um, and in the, in the Belgian, when they dropped their case, they noted that it would be impossible and very time-consuming to prosecute him, uh, which is kind of funny, given that he's doing a lot of crimes. But in, despite this, in 2003, he does this incredible piece with the New York Times, like this thousands of words profile interview of the world's largest arms dealer. Uh, it, it's like a relic of another era of journalism. Like they send this writer all around the world to like look for Victor Boo to try and find Victor wow. Boo. What year yeah, was this? Two thousand and three. Um, that was a different era. That was completely different. Yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. You look at. I look. I looked at it, and I just couldn't help but being like, "This, but they just let this person expense a shit ton of flights. Wow, like this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen anymore." Um, such a shame. I would love to go to a Russian nightclub and drink carrot juice with arms dealers. Uh, but on the job. Yeah, yeah. And then bill that <laughs> bill that to the New York Times. And yeah, in the piece he drinks carrot juice, he uh he's vegetarian. Uh he calls himself a scapegoat uh and a family man. Uh he, he's <laughs> what a hero. Yeah, he's just an everyday Joe trying to sell some Kalashnikovs to people who are doing genocide. Um he so is. This, go ahead. Sorry, is this interview how we know a lot about him? Yes, that and his. Uh, he, this man loves a handy cam. He loves a home video, right? You're <laughs> <laughs> taping this international just... crime spree. It's the best idea we ever had. Yeah, <laughs> a quirky little dude. Uh, but he's not doing crimes in his videos. He just looks like, uh, like, ah. Uh, like the guy from The Office, who is just like the most mundane dude in ill-fitting suit. He just looks like a salary man who drives like a, a regular car and, and on the weekends likes to like go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch sports events. Uh, like he's, he goes on the water slide with his like white ass body and pot belly at one point in one of these <laughs> home videos. And like, yeah, he just, yeah, he just strikes you as the most boring family guy like he's not 
he he seems to be like morally opposed to doing drugs uh, <laughs> at one point. Like it's fascinating and bizarre. Um, I'm, I'm f- assuming he has children if he's a family man. I think he does have children. He certainly has a wife. His wife is out there. Uh, his wife is pretty vocal about uh, let 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 my man go. Right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty sure he does have children. Yeah, probably more than we know about, but maybe not. Maybe he's a wife guy. I, I th- well, I just think it's funny in these home videos. He's in them, like he's you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but like yeah. the, <laughs> no one yeah. else, no family members. It's just no. him on a slide. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be pretty. Uh, yeah, that would be pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So, 2003, right? It's the, uh, the article clearly has these 2003 vibes. Like, it's named after a George Bernard Shaw play called Arms and the Man. Uh, and it, it's it's just like epic and meandering and very long, 
uh, and he talks about in the article, he's like, look, they're using me as a scapegoat. Like, this is a thing that, like, the reason they that it's very hard to prosecute Victor Boot is because there are not that many laws against arms dealing. And the reason there are not that many laws against arms dealing is because it's integral to how we do foreign policy, right? Like, we are hosed without people like Victor Boot. And that's, like, the other side of this coin that, yeah, we need a Nicolas Cage bad guy to pin this stuff on. And, yeah, he, he, he did some pretty horrific things or sold weapons to people who did horrific things. Uh, but he... What he's doing is not that, like, abnormal, and it's not that always illegal, um, as we'll see when the US has to enter into, like, gross entrapment to arrest this guy. Uh, and he is right that, like, is he really the biggest arms dealer in the world, or is that, like, Dick Cheney? Or, you know, Lockheed Martin, or uh, friends of the podcast Raytheon? Mm-hmm. Uh, like is he really any more evil than like I live in San Diego right or most of the companies I just mentioned have offices here I rode past yeah. one of them today you know and, and those people also go on the water slide with their kids and, and <laughs> yeah. he does have a kid he has a daughter one daughter or child I don't know mm-hmm. uh, born in the Emirates and they're 28 so oh, I bet he who knows a, where they are now yeah I bet he's a great dad uh well, <laughs> he's been in jail for a lot of their life, actually. Uh, oh, that's sad. Yeah. He has a wife, too. Uh, Allah is his wife. Uh, uh, just, she was, she's a fair bit younger than him. Um, so, also, he's really lost weight in jail, and he's looking pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a recent picture of him, but with a mustache and stuff, uh, he's really, he's having a glow up, uh, I think, in jail. Are you thirsty <laughs> on an international <laughs> arms dealer? <laughs> Pretty thirsty for Victor here, yeah. yeah, yeah look at that moustache. Tell me you could say no to that. Um, one of the things he says in his interview, which is interesting, is if I told you everything I know, I'd get the red hole right here. And then points to the middle of his forehead. Uh-huh. I, so, I, w- I wonder what he poet. meant by that. Yeah, th- yeah, this guy's a poet. Yeah, He has a way with words, yeah. and abs- yeah, He's got some of these great one-liners. Um which it's people have recently like reinterpreted that to be like, does he know some shit about uh, Putin, which uh, is why Russia is so keen to exchange him? Uh, or is he just saying that like, like he might possibly have something like signed by someone who's today a senator, right? Like engaging in business with one of his companies or something like that, because that's how this works. And so, yeah, I don't know. He's rich and powerful people have probably done business with him whether they knew it or not. Uh, and he's aware of this. So that article really bounces him up in the sort of world bad guys list, uh, which is when Nick Cage steps in, reads that, <laughs> makes a whole, just does a whole vibe about it, but moves the person to Brighton Beach. Um, because I guess American audiences don't know to where Tajikistan is. is. Yeah, Tajikistan, no less. Uh, So if you're looking for a film, uh, The Notorious Mr. Boot 2014, that's the home videos. Uh, Sundance Film Festival Award winner, just uh, depicting his dad bod adventures. I think think it's worth a Friday night. Wait, are you serious? It it was at Sundance? Yeah. It's classic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that... uh, 
yeah, I can't tell you, if you're fucking with me. I know this I, all the time, and no, I'm, I will believe anything at this point. So no, that I, sounds crazy to me. I, I 2014 film. Yep, screened at a Sundance Film Festival. Holy shit! Yep, it's a classic. Um, it's got it's got some real scenes. I, I, I seriously like eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep, no, that's not and then. Bad. If you watch, if you watch the trailer, actually, you get it. There's like some pictures of him, like dad dancing with his uh, his partner at the time. It, it's just, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I would recommend it. Uh, and there's pictures of him around lots of weapons. Obviously, the notorious Mister Boot. Yep, yep. The notorious Mister Boot. Yeah, it's a goodie. Uh, it, it's yeah, it, it's very very bizarre. This guy is just a quirky little dude. Like what? Yeah. Is, what a little dork. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Does war yeah. crimes is a quirky yeah. little dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a picture of him pretending no, throat. No, but uh, you know what I mean. It's not like he's just. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know. Uh huh. Do you expect him to be like evil and, I don't know, smoking in a dark room all the time? No. This is how they get away with it. They're quirky little dudes. Yep. Yeah, like, you would see this guy, right? Like, you go to the lounge. Uh, like, I've spent a decent amount of my life at lounges in, like, small airports in, in like, I don't know, Middle East, Africa, whatever, trying to fly cheap. You would see this dude in the lounge, and you wouldn't be like, oh, there goes an international arms dealer. You'd be like, yeah, that man is in uh, semiconductors. Or, you know, he, yeah. he sells Yeah, and that works tires. in his favor, yeah. Yeah, like, he's not he's not the joker. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and... No, he he is a joker though. You can see him having some good old japes in the, in this film. So <laughs> okay. highly Nick, recommend. When, when Nicolas Cage plays him, he doesn't even have a mustache. I know that's disappointing, wow. isn't it? Because that is his trademark feature. Wow. Oh, okay, okay. So technically, the character Nicolas Cage plays is a fictional illegal arms dealer. Yeah, that's correct. Based on the stories of Victor Bout and other real life arms dealers and smugglers. Okay. Okay. I see. They okay. want to play it both ways. <sighs> yeah. So I've just got to bit in the trailer where he's just like eye contact with the camera, hip thrusting, and it's, it's troubling. Um, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you for that description. <laughs> that's James. all right. That's um, all right, guys. On the uh, cutting edge of journalism here. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right. So we should return to uh, to the narrative and not my description of, um, of Victor Beat uh, dancing. So... Um, his arrest is kind of fascinating. And again, like his arrest is one of those things where you're like, oh, this is terrible. And then you realize that, again, we do this shit all the time, right? Um, so he, to understand his arrest, you've got to first understand this guy, Andrew Smulian. Uh, former, he's British, he's born in Britain, but he's a South African Air Force officer. Uh, then he goes into commercial flying. But, at some point, he's turned by their intelligence agency. So he's delivering shipments of stuff and then doing a little bit of spying on the side. <laughs> spying uh, on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Who, Who's among us hasn't found themselves doing a little side spying hustles. on the side? Yeah, everyone bit, has their side hustles. Bit of side spying for the... Uh, I don't know if he was doing it in the apartheid era, but probably. He was certainly in their military in the apartheid era. Yikes. Yeah. Smooley is not, not a man with morals, I don't think, uh, as we'll find out. So... Uh, Smulian uh, has fallen on hard times by 2007 and is working in a hypodermic syringe factory in Tanzania. And that's just a fact that I found without context and I haven't felt any need to research further. Um, and at that point, Smuli is contacted by two FARC generals, right? 
um, revolutionary armed forces of Colombia, FARC, right, left wing, Marxist guerrilla group that have been fighting in the jungles for, I think they're one of the world's longest insurgencies for decades. Um, so these FARC generals are like, hey, Smulian, come and meet us in a tiki bar in Curacao uh, and we will have a chat. Uh, Smulian, right, he wants to get out the syringe factory, so he's all about <laughs> it. <laughs> hops on it. He hops on the plane and... Uh, they meet in a tiki bar, right? Which is obviously a good place to do an arms deal. Um, Very, I mean, movies are right about that then. A lot of movies have <laughs> stuff going down in tiki bars. Yep, that's uh, that's the one thing that was factually correct in the whole cinematic universe of Victor Boot. So um, they're in the t- tiki bar, right? Now, it should be noted that these two FARC generals, shockingly, are not really FARC generals. Uh, they are DEA assets. Um, in fact, they have been high-ranking officers in the Colombian Armed Forces, uh, but they've decided to pivot to a career in selling cocaine. And in that career pivot, they've unfortunately come into contact with the DEA, which is generally oh, not good. Shit. Yeah, right. They're just trying to sell cocaine and do war crimes do against. Their thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're just vibing and killing indigenous people. Probably they they have a pretty rough record in the Colombian military. It's fair to say. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, so the DA sees them and is like, yep, yeah, those are our people. Uh, and gives them a ton of money, citizenship, amnesty for their families, I believe, and turns them, right? Asks them to pretend to be FARC generals, which they're like, yep. Can you can you spell the word you're saying? What is the... What FARC? is that word? Yeah. F-A-R-C, Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarios de Colombia. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, like, sorry, F, yeah, F-A-R-C, FARC. Uh, I might have got the act. I am I am someone that d- does not know what that is, so no. I will be honest about that. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah, no, I, there's no reason to unless you're like a I don't know a global conflict understander slash dork. <laughs> uh, uh, they're very nice people. Some of them actually. Um, they've started a microbrewery now. Um, what? Yeah, they they have a microbrewery. I don't uh, believe anything you say. Don't, fucking, I will send you a story I wrote on their microbrewery. I'm like scarred by Robert. He, <laughs> yeah, he just no. tells me all these crazy things that are not true and I believe. <laughs> I'm not like Robert. I'm a man of the truth. I'm going to, I will drop it in the chat. Like, um, yeah, they, they definitely have started a microbrewery. Uh, <laughs> these are such weird little dudes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> the, the, actually, the person who runs a microbrewery is a woman. Uh, uh, oh, good. Good for her. We yeah. love feminism. We, we feminism. love a girl yeah, boss yeah. on the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they love a girl boss. The FARC were very committed to gender equality. They had women there in their uh, in their military. Uh, no. Yeah, we'll do an episode. Uh, Robert and I want to go to their microbrewery. It's, it's one of our Sh- goals. Why not? Sure. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got this far. No one's called us out <laughs> yet. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So anyway, interestingly, the US government had just done exactly the same thing to Monzer Al-Qasr, who's a Syrian arms dealer. Uh, they'd done the same, we're two FARC generals, we would like to buy these weapons. And in the discussion, the quote-unquote FARC generals are like, we would like to buy these weapons to kill Yankees. We want to kill Americans. It would be great to have this gun with a sniper scope so we could see if they're American before we shoot them. Uh, just like... <laughs> <laughs> this is where this is where we get to like the entrapment, right? And the Swedish like, yeah, whatever, bro. Like, you want guns? I know a guy. Uh, and they're like, to kill the Americans, so? And he's like, yeah, oh dude. Oh my god. <laughs> whatever you need. Okay, it's getting weird. Um, but then Smulian, uh, master of stealth that he is, goes, okay. So my guy is Victor Boot. V I K T O R B O U T. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, which that is uh, that is a poor move on Smulian's part. Um, so Smoody drops a minute. They organize a meeting, right? The two generals, quote unquote generals, and Victor in a hotel in Bangkok. Uh, and that is where uh, the, the, the Victor Boot story sort of ends, at least the free Victor Boot story ends. Um, so they go through the deal. And again, he's being like, I, I can't believe he conducted his whole life like this because his, his degree of concern with security is minimal. That he'll be like, you guys are getting like 5,000 AK-47s, also some surface-to-air missiles, and like writing it on the hotel notepad. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, amazing. Yeah, um, like, 
normally this isn't the like the DEA rolled a uh, a a yakuza arms dealer recently, and they had to explain in court that like when he was talking about cake and ice cream, he meant like surface to air missiles. Wow. <laughs> and, so, same for me, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna head down to the uh, to the cake shop. Uh, it, it, that guy fucked up by sending a selfie of himself with an anti-tank weapon to the Jesus agent. Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- it's good. It's a good picture. This, I'll send you that picture because he does look like an international supervillain. Um, okay, yeah. He, he has blue aviators, I think. Like, Oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Some people know they're playing the part, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to lean yeah. in. Um, yeah. He leans in. Uh, but... So Bout is in this in this room, right? He's negotiating with his two Colombian friends, and uh, in come the Thai police, right? Uh, it's interesting the way the DEA say it. They're like, and he put his hands in a bag, and we all pointed our guns at him, and we're like, Victor, no, it's, it's over, and uh, and like they thought he was going to pull a gun on them, but like in the video, he kind of is just like, oh. oh. <laughs> and then he goes, the ga- he, I think he says the game is up. He has some like Bond villain. Like line, wow! Right. Uh, of course, he is like, he's a poet. What did I say? Yeah, he's a man of true. words, flowery. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's flowery why they're, words. Le- they're letting him out for his contribution to art. Mm-hmm. I, I do want if there's ever like an obituary, I want he was a poet, Shireen, just to like, just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a con- hey, I, I yeah. yes, quote me on that, sure. <laughs> Acclaimed podcaster. This is red dot on, to describe a gunshot. Come on. On his gravestone, he was a poet. Nothing else. Yeah, just Victor Booth. Poet. Had no yeah. other gigs I was aware yeah. of. What yeah. slide enthusiast. Um, so they arrest him, right? Uh, they hold him in Thailand for a while. He fights the extradition. He's like, I'm just a businessman. I don't know what you're talking about. I just want to sell you cake and ice cream or whatever. Uh, uh and eventually they bring him back to the United States. They try him in this federal jurisdiction in New York where they try nearly every big terrorism case like this, right? Like um, the recent 09A case was in the same uh, jurisdiction. So like- it, That it, makes sense. Yeah, they always do it in New York. Uh, I think that his trial was like September or October, uh, like in the, uh, like, you know, you're trying someone like, seven years after 9-11, six years after 9-11 in New York around the anniversary of what happened of, of 9-11, right? So people are pretty... Uh, and then you're like, and this dude sold weapons to the Taliban and he moved gold out of Afghanistan for Al-Qaeda. And so he's pretty screwed. Um, cancel, cancel culture strikes again. <laughs> yeah. The woke mob came for Victor. Um, his wife says outside the court, which I thought was interesting, that they, uh, they're they trying Nicolas Cage, not my husband. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. that's actually a really interesting statement in terms of yeah. like media perceptions of people. No, 100%. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, they do not go after this guy until the New York Times and then, Victor, and then uh, what's it called? The Nicolas Cage movie, Lord of War. Uh, yeah. And then you can't separate, I don't think, the like... Look, he he's a piece of shit. But the, I mean, like he did make a movie about himself, though. Right? Well, he didn't make that. No, someone else got that. They really started in 2014, like seven years after he'd gone down. Oh, okay. I didn't look at the date. The uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, sorry. I, I was like, I, I, that's why I was imagining him completely different up until just this second. Oh, uh, uh, yes. No, my no. mistake. 
no, that's the, outstanding. The Sundance film was yeah, like seven seven years later. The notorious yeah. uh, Victor Boot. It yeah. would have been amazing 80, if he'd made eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, mm. get that up with yeah. our listenership. We could get it up to the nineties, I reckon. Um, <laughs> get in there, give it the thumbs up. Uh, so, I think they probably did right, like. In, in organizations like the DEA and these big federal uh, law enforcement agencies, there are a lot of people who want top jobs. And I, I think one of the ways to advance is getting one of these big busts. Right? I, I have very little federal law enforcement understanding, but it, it strikes me that they kind of, they had the DEA agent in charge of his arrest on uh, ABC, I think, or on 60 Minutes or something. Uh, the guy talks about himself in the third person at one point on there. It's a bit weird. Uh, Ugh. One of those. <laughs> yeah. it, it it's clearly like a, a career defining thing, right? And I, I really don't think it would have been if like no one made a film about Montreal Casa, right? He was selling mm-hmm. all the weapons too, and it, they didn't, you know, they didn't trap him in the same way actually. But it's it's not such a big thing. Um, so Boot goes to jail. Uh, he's been in jail about twelve years now, and now the Biden administration seems to want rid of him or at least know that he's like worth offering. And um, they offered him in trade for Snowden, apparently. Uh, oh. Yeah. And Russia didn't take that. Um, I think there's probably, uh, they, they see more value in Snowden. Uh, but the, yeah, they, they seem to have offered him again in the, in this Bra- uh, Griner Whelan trade. Uh, it's still unclear if Russia will accept him or not. Like we said before, it's a very weird practice to be like like Pokemon cards. Yeah, like, or like literally like the NBA, like the the thing that yeah, pretty writer works for. It's like you're literally creating like a fantasy team or whatever the shit of of prisoners and or people that you want like hostages. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's interesting to see like Russia kind of just like I don't know if they sort of want to be like, look how much we owned you. Like we made you trade the world's most notorious arms dealer for a basketball player. Uh, like if they, if they just see the kind of, obs- uh, I don't know, the ridiculousness of what they've done is somehow a win for them. Uh, or if Russia wants him back because he has some kind of intel that they're afraid of. I, I'm not sure if that's the case. He lived in Moscow for a while, but he, uh, I, I didn't know how close he was to the Russian state. I'm sure he knows some stuff. It's almost there's not much of a state in the world that he doesn't have something on, right? So it's possible. Um, I guess he's kind of served his purpose to the United States, which was this like, you know, we can find you anywhere, we can come after you anywhere, um, we can arrest you. Uh, and I don't want to be like like pro arms dealer uh, on on the podcast, but like on the pod, yeah, off the on, podcast. Uh, yeah. Watch we log off. Completely different. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. on Mike, James is gonna say that yeah, yeah, we're not yeah, we're not yeah. technically pro arms dealing. Yeah, this is mm. not not a pro arms dealing podcast. Technically, um, yeah, that would be a good place for an ad pivot, wouldn't it? But do you know yeah. who is pro arms dealing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I, based on, I, I don't know how long we have left, so an, yeah, an ad may I, not I, make the, sense here. But yeah. we can leave the joke in to yeah. prove that yeah. we're funny. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that we exactly. sometimes think they about have ad to know. pivots. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're considerate uh, and funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and kind, and uh, and not pro arms dealer. And More, most importantly, yeah, yeah. So Victor is uh, in prison. He's been in prison for about twelve years. 
Uh, he's got he got 25 years. The judge actually was like, look, you've not proved he was going to do any crimes other than the ones you kind of talked him into. Mm. Like, like a fair. Yeah. Yeah. Woke judge. Um, <laughs> so, because again, when they're meeting him, they're like, we want to kill Americans. Can you make sure the scopes are high enough magnification so we can see they're Americans? Like, there's some specific dialogue about the sniper scopes to like, mm. to, uh, to ensure, and they're, they're trying to get surface to air missiles as well, right? And surface to air missiles are one of the harder things to acquire in the international arms market. Um, mm. So he, he's going to supply those and they claim they're going to shoot down American airliners, um, do a terrorism. Yeah, that'll definitely get them mad. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll get them. Well, but he only says that because the two DEA plants Z- they ask talk- him for that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think the dude would have batted an eyelid either way. I, I mean, typical Fed behavior, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they walked in there in their cool uh, flannel shirts and he didn't. Hey, who's excited about doing crime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to do a crime. Let me escalate the level of crime. And so. He's in prison. They've offered to trade him. Uh, it remains to be seen. Like I don't know how relevant he will be if he comes out. It's interesting. Like the area I'm most familiar with, um, off the books firearms transactions, uh, is in Myanmar. Right, uh, Robert and I have spent some time writing about that. And the price of weapons going small arms going to rebels in Myanmar is insane right now. Like it, it's incredibly high. And uh, so maybe taking him out has changed that market a bit. I don't know. You'd think someone would have stepped in to fill that gap in the time that he'd been out of the game. Uh, You'd think, especially after the giant clusterfuck of leaving Afghanistan by the United States a year ago, we'd have dumped a lot more weapons onto the market. Um, So what you're saying is there's a job opening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get your resume ready, listeners. Uh, Yeah, you know. Learn those languages. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Go to yeah. these. So Learn a leg up on the other applicants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Learn Sanskrit. Put it on your resume. No one will call you on it. It'll be fine. It's okay to lie <laughs> about Sanskrit unless you're, uh, I guess, going to theological college. And, but yeah, he's learned Sanskrit. He's learned a bunch of other languages in prison. He's probably writing poems in there right now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> he's probably dropping a book is what he'll do. He'll come out. He'll drop a book. Honestly, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised by that if that was true. I, w- I like would read would. a book written by one of the world's most famous international arms dealers. Yeah, and poets. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's right, and poets. Yeah. Hey, based on what the quotes are that he's given so far, I'm sure he has really good writing. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. Who knows? That's no all one I'll knows. Say. We don't know how much money he has. No one seems. It doesn't seem very clear. He's done a good job of hiding it. Uh, we don't know what the state of his business is. It seems like he has just kind of pieced out, hung out in jail, and maybe now will be going back to Russia to live in his dacha and just write poetry and go on water slides all day. Mm. We can dream. It we feels sure like can. If they, yeah, if they offered him for Snowden already and now they're offering him again, like, are, is he, he's either the only like quote unquote good Russian hostage like worth worthy Russian hostage or they in my head I feel like they're trying to make a big statement like Brittany Griner is so important to us here you could have this man does that make sense yeah it does yeah I hope I mean look what's happening to her is disgusting right and every day she spends oh, 100, jail, yeah fucking yeah. abhorrent uh, and so like yeah you hope that I think, yeah, I think he's he's a big name and he, there's no real, 
I don't know. It doesn't really serve the interests of the state to keep him in prison, right? Like the big win was getting him there. And that I think showed people doing what he does that like the US will come after you. Um, and so like that was what they wanted really. I think 12 years is, is a long enough time, you know, like, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the motivations of world leaders, but hopefully uh, we get some updates. I don't know. Hopefully Britley Griner doesn't have to spend any longer in a, what I'm sure is a pretty terrible Russian prison for having a vape pen because that is bollocks. Uh, and I just want to say before we finish up here that we are indebted to our friend Matt, uh, who is at, uh, I think, Black Flag Enjoyer on Twitter or Raccoon Liberation Front. Uh, Black Flag Enjoyer is Matt's handle. Uh, Matt actually came on to help us do an interview with this. Uh, Matt has worked in a lot of these places, not as an arms dealer, I should add, uh, but doing some like uh, civil engineering uh, and even thinks that uh, he ran into Victor Boot in a bar in Somaliland once. And because of we discussed, you would not know that this dude was an arms dealer. Uh, unfortunately, Matt's audio was unrecoverable. Uh, and um, so we are, we're very much in debt for his help and you should follow him on Twitter if you want to. Uh, anything else we should plug Shireen Garrison no No, I think I think that does it for us today so just google Victor Boot poetry and enjoy your weekend Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.